we are, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I'm Mark Jolliffe, and uh, I'm feeling better. I was sick for about five or six days, caught it last weekend at the C2E2 comic book convention here in Chicago at McCormick Place, and uh, not in, it's Saturday afternoon right now. I started feeling better maybe Thursday, but uh, even better yesterday on Friday. So uh, the snots are gone, the coughing's gone, uh, the headaches, the aches and pains, the over 40-year-old and I get sick from being around uh, thousands of people is probably what I, I got it from. I don't know. I don't want to blame it on uh, the people at the C2E2. My fellow nerds and dorks, I'm sure we all underneath the same roof, it's very easy to catch something. So I caught something. So this podcast is taking a little bit longer for me to get out to you guys. But hopefully the, the wait is well worth it. I have a treat for you guys. I want to talk about C2E2 in depth. And uh, I also got DMC, who was at the comic book convention last week at C2E2. DMC from the Legendary Hip Hop Crew, Run DMC, my favorite all-time music group, my all-time favorite hip hop crew, everything. He gave me about 10 minutes. We'll put that on the podcast here, and he's going to talk about his comic books and a little bit about his music and history and everything that he's been doing and how the music and the comic books tie in together and help make him become who he is today and what it means with his comic books. Uh, so that I'm excited to have for you guys. Uh, my friend Ron's was to call in a little later. We'll talk a little baseball and some other things. And uh, it's my favorite time of year because it's opening day on Thursday. The Cubs started. They won their first game. And uh, talk about that a little bit. We've got wrestling to still talk about. And uh, Walking Dead, holy crap, what happened on Walking Dead. Let's get all this out the way first, though. Infinite Banter. Uh, you can find it on Mixcloud and Soundcloud, Podbean, Podcasts with an S.com. Check the Twitter at Infinite Banter. That's also the Facebook fan page at Infinite Banter. You can bother me directly at Instagram, DJ Soundwave75. Same thing for Twitter, DJ Soundwave75. And I usually like to do some news and notes from the prior podcast. And uh, when I was talking to Tony OT, and also, by the way, you could check out his show. It'll air tonight on Public Access, Channel 19, Channel 35. If you are in the Chicago suburban area, or just go to TonyOTV.com, you can watch various skits. And uh, some of the sketches on his site and his YouTube page are not in tonight's episode. So you will be able to see more than just a show. But anyway, check him out, TonyOTV.com. But we were talking about St. Patrick's Day, and I had brought up Leprechaun Back to the Hood. I had brought that up, and I looked it up. I wasn't sure if it was the last Leprechaun movie. It was not. There has been eight leprechaun movies which i don't know why there's even more than two or three but being a horror film fan i know how it is you get one successful movie they try to make as many as possible think of like saw and freddy jason michael myers whatever there's always tons of sequels um so this one uh, leprechaun in the hood that was not the last one there's eight movies total there was one called leprechaun back to the hood Ice-T apparently was too busy for that one. So in this one, it was Sticky Fingers from Onyx. He's in that one. Some of you might know him as uh, he was on that Blade TV series for a while. So apparently for Leprechaun, there's been eight movies total. And the last one was called Leprechaun Returns, and that one's starring Hornswoggle. So those of you wrestling fans out there like myself, some of you might remember Hornswoggle from his WWE days. I think even, yeah, he was at Royal Rumble this year, so... He apparently was the last guy to don the Leprechaun role, and there's been eight of them, and I wouldn't be surprised if they reboot the series and make another one. So there, a uh, little bit of Leprechaun catch-up from last week. I'm sure you're 
well uh, informed now and really excited to know all that useless nonsense about the Leprechaun movies. All right, let's get into some C2E2 talk. So I started going to comic book conventions in 2004. The very first one I ever went to was Wizard World, which is in Rosemont, just outside of Chicago, uh, where they have Raw and SmackDown, a lot of the wrestling things. They say it's in Chicago, but it's actually Rosemont. So I've been to that one since 2004 every year, except for one time when I had to go to Puerto Rico for a wedding. So I think that was more important than going to Wizard World. Uh, Wizard World kind of went downhill a little bit, and C2E2, the Chicago Comic Exhibition Expo, came out, I want to say 2009, and I've been to most of those. I think there's maybe one or two I missed for that one, and that's a convention I went to this past weekend. So many conventions I go to during the year. There's also the Days of the Dead Con in Schaumburg. There's the um, Walker Stalker, which is the Walking Dead convention. That's coming up in April. There's also a Fan Fest, Heroes and Villains Con, um, tons of conventions throughout the year, and most of them happen in the spring, and C2E2 was the first one to kick off the con season here and I had a great time at it like I said I did get sick but otherwise it was a good time my main goal was to try and get somebody to come on the podcast here and talk for a few minutes and um, I was successful because I got DMC he's there promoting his comic book Daryl makes comics he had a booth I've met DMC a couple times I've seen them perform numerous times but this is the first time I actually got to speak to him in depth and uh, he gave me a good 10 minutes uh, of recording time and I'm going to play it for you guys here, but just wanted to big up Run DMC and big up the DMC for taking the time to talk to me and give you this um, content that we're about to give you here. And he's talking about his comic book, talking about how Run DMC and comic books are intertwined specifically for him. And it helped him be who he is today and who he was with Run DMC and coming up in the hip hop game and everything. So here it is, DMC on the Infinite Banter Podcast. All right, I'm here with the Infinite Banter Podcast, and I'm standing next to the living legend from Run DMC. Infinite who? Infinite Banter Podcast. I'm standing here with DMC, the all-time great. I have to ask. Plus the most rhymes in New York State and Illinois. And in Illinois. (laughs) I have to ask you, how much is the influence comic books for you being with Run DMC and hip hop and everything? If it wasn't for comic books, there would be no hip hop. Well, there would be hip hop, but it would be no hip hop without Run DMC. Comic books gave me the courage and the confidence to exist in this crazy ass world that we live in. Before comic books, there was nothing for me. Then I discovered DC, where Batman and Superman and The Flash and Wonder Woman. And then I discovered Marvel. DC was cool as hell, but Metropolis and Gotham was fictional. Stan Lee was brilliant because he put the superheroes in New York City. So when I opened up Marvel comic books, it was real to me. So that being said, that set me up. A few years after that, hip-hop comes over the bridge from the Bronx. And I'm like, I didn't see it as showbiz. I was like, you can tell stories about who you are over music? So I was sitting there one day, and this is how heavily it influenced me. I was like, okay, Thor is the son of Odin from Asgard. He has a brother named Loki, and he got a hammer. In this universe here, I'm Daryl. I got a father named Byford, a brother named Alfred, and I got a Mike. So comic books um, inspired me and encouraged me 
and created the son of Byford, brother of Al. Banners my mother and runs my pal. It's McDaniels, not McDonald's. These rhymes are Daryl's, those burgers are Ronald's. I ran down my family tree. My mother, my father, my brother, and me. Huh. Huh. <laughs> he has to so let it on there. <laughs> it gave me a way to tell people who I am and who is right. my family the same way these superheroes and these characters in their comic books tell their stories. And to many of us fans of Run DMC, Run DMC were superheroes. We yes. wanted to dress. I'm wearing Adidas right now. Oh, for sure. I mean, Everybody cosplay as Run DMC. Everybody. Every day, not just on Halloween. <laughs> so that whole influence, all of those elements were there that connected me to the comic books because... Everybody struggles, you know, the, the heroes and the villains and everybody in those comic books, they have everyday struggles, personal struggles, with the struggle of even trying to take over the world or trying to save the world. So for me, there was always this alter ego thing, yeah. which made me relate to the comic books. And the beautiful thing about comic books, whatever world that I could go into with the comic books was so perfect for me. Right, right. And uh, talk about the comic book you have here. I mean, this is... Uh... Well, yeah, yeah. Three years ago, this this wasn't something I sat and planned to do. Right. It's just like you said. Three years ago, I went for a music meeting. And at the music meeting, this young man named Riggs Morales looked at me and he said these words. Yo, GMC, you was like my superhero. The way you looked and the way you sound. And I'll probably never get this chance again. What was it like when you was growing up? And I was like, well, I went to Catholic school my whole life, and all I did was read, collect, and draw comic books. And when I said comic books, we sat there. And Riggs, by the way, was Eminem's, was Eminem, one of Eminem's right-hand men okay. over at Shady Records right, right. for the rise of that big empire. And Riggs says, comic books? And I go, yeah, comic books. So we didn't even sit there and talk about music. Okay. For three hours, we sat there and talked about comic books. And then he said to me, yo, D, you should do a comic book. And at first I said, no, I don't want to do a comic book <laughs> because me and my fellow geeks and nerds, we like respect. I got we you. We want you to be legit. Right. You got to be official. This ain't no joke. You don't come play with our culture. This is our way of life. And then Rick said, yo, D, I understand how to respect that. But you could do with a comic book the same thing you've been doing with your music yeah. all these years. And I was like, what you talking about, Riggs? Inspire, educate, motivate, and entertain. And when he said that, I was like, yo, I'm all in. So then he said, you can't use Marvel. You can't use DC. You can't use Valiant. Right. You can't use Image. If it was the name of your comic book company, what would you name it? And I sat there. I looked at the initials of my name, and I said, TMC. He was like, what do you mean? Daryl makes comics. And he was like, yo, that's so perfect. And so three years, three years ago, we started this company. Not, it's not an ego project. Like with the with the comic book, I don't even want you to like me. I want you to like the villain. I want you to like the other superheroes. But we did this whole project as a celebration and a tribute to what makes all comic books to all generations right. fun. Right. That's can, the bottom line. And can you draw a little bit? I remember King of Rock. Yeah, said, I'm, I'm, I starting draw, to, I'm starting so to could, doodle. I yeah. mean, Amy Chu, who writes for me, yeah. she's starting to get me to pick up the pen a little bit more. So what I'm doing for, um, we have three issues out now. 
So what I'm doing for issue number four, I'm doing all the rough sketches and That's the awesome. pre-character designs of everybody. So eventually, I'll probably work my way up to doing an actual cover. Oh, yeah, that's what's going on yep. there. So I'm working my way back with the with the art pencil because I put down the art pencil to pick up the rhyme writing pen. Uh, it's but a transition. The skills it's a, are still there. It's yeah. a seamless transition exactly. for you, right? Yep. So now I just got to go back the other way. So where can people find your comic book, your new music? Oh, you can find a comic book at all comic book stores everywhere, online or at your favorite comic book store. And the new music will be out shortly. That's another um, another manifestation of DMC. The new DMC album is going to be called... That cover is crazy, yeah, by the way. That's done by Tony Moore, the original oh, Walking Dead yeah. comic book artist. But um, the, new, the new album is going to be called DMC, which stands for Dynamic Musical Collaborations, wow. featuring such iconic artists as Sammy Hager. Mick Marshall, Motley Crue, Sebastian Bach, Dave Navarro, um, 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 Miles Kennedy, Chuck D. Public Kennedy. Yeah, okay. so it's going to be, put it like this, the new music is king of rock on steroids. Oh. <laughs> Without the testing. So exactly. It's, so it's legal. Exactly. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time, DMC. Thank it's you. a big honor, man. Like I said, I've been listening to Run DMC. Thank you. Hip-hop my whole life. It's my soundtrack. Thank you. Big up, DMC. Appreciate it, man. That was the legendary DMC Daryl McDaniels from Run DMC promoting his comic books at the C2E2. I was just over the moon, man. I was so geeked to meet this dude. Like I said, I've met him before, but this is on another level. I actually got to speak to him in depth. And you can find him on Instagram at DMC Makes Comics. His website is dmc/comics.com. Go buy his comic books. Check out his stuff. Check out his music. If you don't know who Run DMC is... I don't know what to tell you, man. These guys took hip-hop to the next level, and it's never looked back since. I wear Adidas to this day because of these dudes. I just I can't say enough about how much I love Run DMC, and it was just such a great honor to get to talk to him. And uh, he did record a drop for me, which I'm going to play real quick here and get used to hearing this because you're going to hear it every show because there's no way I'm not going to play this all the time. I asked him at the end. He didn't hear it in the interview part. But I was like, if you could do a drop for me real quick. All I said was, just say, you know, DMC, Infinite Banter. Well, he did a good 20 seconds. It's right off the top of the dome. And it's just dope, man. I'm just, it's, man, it's just so great. I can't believe he did this for me. So I'm going to play it real quick right here. And like I said, get used to hearing this because I'm going to play it every show. And play it till it's, you know, until it get, you guys get so sick of it. I'm going to play it even more. DMC right here is a drop they made for me. This is just so damn good. I can't help but play it. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. Usually I like to bring up an album or something I'm listening to now to help promote it, to get people to go out there and buy it or download it or listen to it. I've done Clear Soul Forces a couple weeks ago, talked about Hard to Earn and a De La Soul's album in the past. So this week, instead of uh, talking about a specific album or an artist, I'll just promote that on Mixcloud. I just did a DJ mix that's been out for about a week now. You can find it on Mixcloud. It's called In My Eardrums. It's basically a mix I did. It's about 30 minutes long, and it contains a lot of artists that I'm liking right now some stuff from a couple years ago or so. 
But I've got on there, you know, Rock Marciano with Sean Price. There's something from the last Tribe record on there. Uh, Nas's last album, uh, Planet Asia. A couple songs that's produced by LaRange with Solemn Brigham and um, Mr. Liff. Odyssey. Um, I don't know if I'm getting. There's a lot of artists on there, so go check that out. Uh, support those artists and check the mix. It's pretty good. You know, I'm not to be on my own thing here, but it's pretty decent. Hopefully you guys are feeling some of the songs on there. And that's kind of the point of it is so you guys can listen to it and get a feel for what's out there. And this is what I'm liking now. And, uh, you know, it gets me on the turntables. I'm kind of slacking on doing the mixing like I used to do. So go check out that mix. It's on Mixcloud. And one last thing, I did get to see the Alcoholics. I talked about it in the last podcast. They they were in town for the 25th anniversary of their first album, 21 and Over. Man, it's one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. Uh, they were up at Subterranean, and uh, it was a very small crowd, but I like that. It was a small venue. It was very intimate, and those guys just brought the house down. Big up to the Alcoholics. Uh, they signed my record, which was really cool. But uh, they did all the songs that you expect, you know, Make Room and Last Call and Damn and uh, Hip Hop Drunkies, the Sunday with Old Dirty Bastards. So really cool. It just takes me back to when I was like, you know, back in that age, early 90s, mid 90s, alcoholics. They, they you know, you, you didn't even feel like they were doing old music. It's just timeless. They brought it down and they're, you know, you couldn't help but have at least one one drink at an alcoholic show. Even I don't really drink like I, not like I was a drunk or anything before, but I don't really drink like I used to. Only when I'm like out or something, I might have a couple, but you can't go to an alcoholic show without having at least one sip. So big up to the alcoholics, one of the best shows I've seen in a long time and really took me back to that era of the, the 90s hip hop. And uh, good to see those dudes are still together. I don't know if they're actually going to put out any new music, but you know, the fact is they, they could tour and do these shows based on four or five records that they put out in the past. That's good enough. And uh, these guys are really, really good. And I'm uh, really excited. I've got to see them because who knows if they'll ever come around again. And I'm not even aware they've ever been to town. Maybe it's been years and years. So, uh, yeah, big up to the alcoholics. Go check out their music. There's tons of their stuff out there. Uh, it's really, really good show. I just I can't say enough good things about it. I was really excited to see them live and see them do their thing. <laughs> You're back with the Infinite Banter Podcast, and it's one thing for me to talk about C2E2 and Comic-Cons being an old man, and a lot of people who go to these things are, you know, old guys who live in their mom's basement, but there's also kids who like to go, and my nephew came with me for two of the days. He's eight years old. His name's Jacoby. How you doing, buddy? Hey. Tell me what you um, liked about C2E2. It was great. I liked the Lego and the artist. Yeah, you got um, Art Baltazar to draw Spider-Man, right? Yeah. And then Aunt Lucia drew, what did he draw? Oh, Iron Man. Yeah. That was pretty funny because he doesn't draw male superheroes. He usually draws like the female characters. So you kind of gave him a hard one asking for yeah, Iron like, Man. Yeah, he was copying my shirt. Yeah, he needed to see a picture of your shirt to know what Iron Man even looked like. But he did a good job. How did you like it? It was great. And David Mack drew a Daredevil for you? Yeah. How did you like the science lab? Putting on the coat and wearing the goggles? Yeah, that was great. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> did you <laughs> Did you like seeing all the, the green bubbles coming out of the beaker? And uh, did you feel like a science, uh, like a, like you're like Doctor Strange, like with all the, with, with the coat on and everything? Yeah. Or like, or probably more like Mr. Uh, Fantastic, because he's a scientist. Or Tony Stark, you know, those guys, Bruce Banner. Oh, yeah. Hey, Mark. Yeah. Um, do you know Avengers 
Infinity War in three hours and 14 minutes. Are you going to be able to sit in a movie theater for three hours and 14 minutes? Yeah. Okay. That's a long time. Yeah. We're going to have to bring, like, food and drinks and make sure you go to the bathroom before you go into the movie theater because you're going to be sitting there a long time. Yeah. And I feel like the... Do you know that Bears guy? Oh, yeah, Israel Adonijah, who used to play in the Bears. He picked you up. Yeah. Were you scared, or was that pretty cool? It was pretty cool. Yeah, he just grabbed you and picked you up and took a picture. He was really nice. You know, those football players are really big and strong, so they picked you up with no problem. Yeah, that's pretty... That's pretty cool, and and I got this um, notebook with the Avengers with Thor, Hulk, War Machine, Rocket, Spider-Man, and Iron Man. Yeah, they're giving a lot of cool free stuff away, too. Yeah. C2E2 is, is always really fun because they, they have the, the movies that they're talking about that are coming out in the comic books. Yeah. Speaking of movies, oh, you yeah. said you saw Dumbo. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Well, I like it, or is it only for kids? Yeah, and Grandma cried ten times. Cried? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know it was that kind of movie. So you like Dumbo? You you give it you give it good grade? You like it a lot? Yeah. Is it a cartoon or is it action, live action? With the live action. Okay, so it's not a cartoon. No. Okay, and you saw a trailer for Endgame? Um, we went to the coffee. But I saw a Latin trailer. Oh, okay. How does that look? Good. Okay. All right. And yeah, go ahead. Don't forget, and don't forget the Far From Home movie. That's coming out soon, and Shazam's coming out next week. Yeah, Avengers Endgame is coming out April 26th. You're going to be living in movie theaters for the next month. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you like C2E2, and uh, next year it's in February, so you'll get yeah. to go again. Yeah. And uh, Wizard World's coming up, so thanks for coming on the podcast, buddy. I, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about C2E2, so I told yeah. you I'd, I'd get you on for a few minutes. Okay. Awesome. So, all right, pal. All right, pal. Well, I'll see you later, dude. All right, don't forget the end game. I will not. Okay. All right, buddy. I'll see you later. Okay. Excelsior. Yeah, Excelsior. Stanley. Are you checking out the Infinite Banter podcast? This is Mark Jolliffe, and I'm here joined by one of my dudes. I've known him for a long time, and I had to have him on. My man, Ron Thomas. What's going on, Ron? Marky Mark. What's up, brother? Thanks for the invite, man. Pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, it's been a been a minute since I got to talk to you, so this is almost like uh, catching up at the same time as uh, dropping some topics on getting some some info on what's in your head right now. I know, man. You've been busy. You've been busy. I know uh, saving the world. So this whole baby thing, you know. <laughs> I know, man. Save, saving the world. That's what I mean. You know what I mean, man. <laughs> not trying to get. Not trying to get too political, but I already told her, I'm like, I don't like that Trump is president when my baby's going to be born, but that's okay. You know, what am I going to do? Right. Well, he's going to come in under that uh, under that uh, gravity, that oppression, so nowhere to go up from there, you know what I mean? But right. I'm saying, though, I think with a lot of sword training, um, you know, um, a lot of, uh, you know, like military type of stuff, I think your, your kid, because I told you, well, you know, you said, actually, you said you already got it. You know it's going to be a boy or a girl. It's a girl, right? Yes. Okay, so listen, there we go with the women's movement and everything like that. 
the right point. She's coming in under Trump. She's about to be the new president, man. <laughs> She's going to be like Kill Bill times 10. You know what I mean? Exactly. See, now you, there you go. Hey, whatever happened, Segway, are they still doing that Kill Bill with uh, the chick, the girl, as she got older and all that kind of you stuff? You know and- what? That's a good question. I remember when they made those. Uh, the little girl that was Vivica Fox's character's daughter, I think Tarantino's right. idea was that she would grow up, and by now she definitely would be like in her 20s, that she exactly, would grow yeah. up and, yeah, take out uh, Uma Thurman's character, the bride, and get that revenge that she solely deserves, to be honest. you know. Right. Yeah, no, listen, that was dope, man. I really liked the uh, Kill Bill series. I know we digress and whatever, but I like Kill Bill. And just that whole thought of, you know, forethought of having her down the line, he should really do that. He probably do it. I think I just seen a, a trailer for his ninth joint. So maybe he'll do that around 10, 11, 12, something like that, maybe. Yeah, I, I thought you weren't that big of a Tarantino guy, but you're kind of, what, like a little bit here and there? Yeah, you know what? That, see, so with Tarantino, you're, you're right. You're not crazy saying that. Some of his stuff I absolutely love. Others, it's like, because uh, with Tarantino, I think he falls in love with himself. So um, I think... I think he does such a great job uh, with his uh, dialogue, right? I think some of it's pitch perfect. I think it's witty. I think it's stuff that uh, uh, gets your attention on screen. But then he starts like, yeah, oh, that was good. Oh, yeah, that was brilliant. Oh, you know what I mean? And he just starts, you know what I mean? Yeah. He... like really feeling himself. And it's just kind of like, all right, okay, Tarantino. And being the whole thing with the N-word and all that or whatever, it's like, yeah. what are we doing here? You know, so yeah, so it's like I have a, like kind of like a love hate relationship with him. You know what I mean? I know he's a talented dude, though. Yeah, Spikes called him out on the uh, the N word thing quite a bit. Yeah, and instead of sitting back, like you know, and listening or even learning something, you know, obviously he was defensive and you know, shit, double, triple down or whatever. So you know, like I said, I mean, maybe might even be something I get sensitive about or whatever. But you know, I don't know, little things here and there. Um, I think overall he's a he's a good. Uh, oh, the other thing I know about he about uh, Tarantino while we're on his subject is that what about the criticism that he he borrows and I'm doing the quotation marks he borrows from a lot of uh, directors and not just kind of like influence but like like kind of like whole scenes. Have you seen that criticism of uh, of uh, Tarantino? Yeah, and, but I think that's almost something that he's known for doing in a positive because he brings back okay. like stuff that he, it's almost like sampling, you know, like a, yeah. when, a, when a hip-hop artist samples like, you know, an old 70s song, it's almost like to pay yeah. respect. It's like, oh, I grew up on this and I want to have right. it kind of get the props that it deserves, so I'm going to put it in my song and I'm only right. sampling because I like it. So it's like the same yeah. idea. This dude grew up in like, you know, some sort of like rental place and I guess he was watching movies right. all the time and he right. just started liking all this stuff, so it's like he's sampling. But I see what you're saying. Like there is kind of this borrow aspect. That's always the thing, though, right? Like what, what, what's that line or whatever between, like I say, inspiration or admiration and straight right. up like plagiarism or whatever plagiarism. So you know something like that. Well, even though, like I said, I think man, some some stuff with Tarantino is absolutely dope. Uh, I, I even look at Tarantino kind of like in uh, segments like. He has some of those, uh, I don't know, maybe even made for YouTube, made for Facebook segments, you know, the, you know, the, uh, um, what's the one with the uh, black and white with the dudes of Reservoir Dogs? Oh, you right. know, them walking in, the iconic scene of them, you know, in the standoff, you know, the, uh, like we were saying, uh, 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 Kill Bill with her in the uh, the uh, Bruce Lee suit, you know what I mean? And yeah. all that, and the Yakuza and all that. 
so he makes his visuals and different things like that. I think he's really good at that. Uh, I think sometimes like this, his story kind of like uh, kind of loses some steam. Like I remember looking at uh, what was the what was the last one he did, or one of the last ones with the uh, Sam Jackson in it. Oh, uh, Django and Unchained. Were, he did that one. Not even not not that one. The uh, the one when he was like a west. It was like a western. The uh, paperweight. Yeah, hateful Oh, that is the last one he did. Yeah, I got that. I got the okay. wrong order on that. Yeah, that was the last one he did. Right. Like for instance, with that, I think that was some some good parts. But then it kind of like starts kind of like meandering. I think and whatever. And you know, I can be kind of hard on movies, but I think again, he he gets or even jumping way back. Right, and I think he did it with that Rich Rodriguez one he did with um with George Clooney. Was that a Tarantino movie? Uh, Dust the, Till uh, Dawn. He he didn't actually direct yeah. that one, but of course he acted in it. And I'm pretty sure right. he wrote. And produced it as well. I'd have to look yeah, into I think that. But. I think that was like Rich Rodriguez or whatever. Something I think about it may have been or whatever. Yeah, like that. that movie's even great. Movies like that. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. You know what I mean? But and I think it could have been a little bit more and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, you know, it's like two movies like, in one. It's it's yeah. a heist movie. It's like a gangster flick, and then it turns into like this vampire like horror flick halfway through. So. Yeah, I need- I need to check that out again. And, whatever. and shout out to Greg Nicotero. He's in the movie there. He's the guy who does all the special effects on The Walking Dead and directs a lot of the episodes. He's the dude with the long hair that um, yeah. uh, does yeah. he get killed. I know he gets killed. I'm trying to remember how he gets killed. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. Okay. Who's the other guy? Is it uh, Romero? I don't know. Maybe not Romero. Isn't there another like famous horror guy in it? You know, yeah, the uh, Sex Machine. With he's the played. Hair. Yeah, okay. that's... um. Man, this is bad. I should know his name off the top of my head. He... He made uh, Tom Savini. He he plays Sex okay. Machine. He's the guy with the gun in his junk, and that dude <laughs> he did he did uh, special effects yeah. for all these movies, and uh, he did the first Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, he did a lot of the special effects on that. He's he's a horror icon, okay. especially when it comes to like the the masks and the blood and the the gore and all that stuff. He's he's an does, icon. Does he there. do anything? Does he do anything in a They Live? Does he have any? Uh... Uh, I know that's one movie we both mutually love, so it just popped I don't, in my head. I don't think he's involved in that. I'd have to look that one up. I, I mean, that's a John Carpenter flick, but I don't know if Savini right. had anything to do with that, or even Stan Winston, who's known for doing a lot of the the special effects and like he did the thing, the other John Carpenter movie that I like a lot. He did a lot of the the monsters and all the the goo and all that stuff that's coming out of these creatures. But um, yeah, Tarantino's he's good, man. I'm looking forward to see that new movie that comes out. But um, right. yeah, he's. You know, I, I like him a lot, but I know there's a couple of movies that some people like more than others. I, you know, Pulp Fiction's always one of my favorites, but that that one that's coming out soon, that one should be pretty good. I think we'll see how it will because it's the first time he's doing something on something that actually happened. It's uh, about the the Charles Manson stuff, right? The murders. Okay, you know what? I haven't really seen it. Um, uh, I've only seen like the trailer. You know, one of those it was playing in the background, and you know, but I didn't really uh, see. I was actually kind of surprised to see that. He was working with um, Leo and uh, who else was in it? Brad Pitt uh, and um, yeah, yeah. Who's so, the other man? Uh, Pacino's with, in it too. Before, right. okay. All right, see, I hadn't even seen that yet. Okay, he's got his he's got yeah. his people that he's worked with in the past. But speaking of movies, yeah. I'm gonna move on from Tarantino yeah. because you said you saw Us. I want to know what you thought of it, man. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. I'm and sorry. I haven't seen it, so I don't know if, you, if you're gonna spoil it or not. But I, I'm I'm definitely excited okay. to see it. Well, you know what? I'll I'll uh, I'll put it this way. Um, I'll try. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an overview without without spoiling it. And uh, let me give it. Let me put this caveat. Like I said, I'm typically I'm typically kind of you know hard on movies as far as like I, I love a plot. I want good writing. 
um, you know, all of those. I want to see like the hero, and we'll get to talk. I guess Walking Dead later, this hero or heroine um, kind of go through their, you know, ups and downs as a character. You know, I'm, I'm a sucker for all those kind of things. With all the Marvel movies I've seen over the last decade uh. plus, I think some of that has kind of like dulled down. So I say that to say, like when uh, going to see us, I think some of the uh, the nuance I would have probably picked up before, I probably kind of missed because. Actually seeing it in real time, I didn't like it. Um, I didn't. I didn't like it at all in real time. Um, almost to the point of wanting to almost walk out of the theater. Really? Um, yes. Wow. Right? Yes. Yes. Because and again, I'm gonna let me see if I can uh, kind of because uh, everybody's like over the top about how great it is. Yeah, I, and, and I know, and see, the thing about it is, I think going into it, I, I probably had one um, perception of it, and I was, um, I was wrong on it. I, I, see, I, I think going into the movie, I, I didn't know much about it. I think I just assumed going into it. it did you like Get Out? Cycle. I did like Get Out. I liked okay, Get Out so Jordan Peele, who made that one, yeah. yeah. And I think the dude is talented. I'm surprised he's able to do it, because again, I thought he, what he and uh, Key and Peele did was a lot, was genius in a lot of respects. And he, he uh, specifically, I think, is just a talented, funny dude. Uh, and he's just obviously multi-talented and, and just, a, you know, just an uh, artist. And I, I, I like Get Out, uh, especially at your first time out, to do something like that. It was dope. Uh, one of my first uh, uh, reactions to it coming out, the movie, and again, I think I'm being a little hard here, but I'm just honest with fact. I, I think... I felt the movie almost felt a little kind of cheap or small to me initially, right? Like, even when it came in, it felt like someone had watched a bunch of, you know, either gore or psychological thrillers, different movies, and you kind of, it felt kind of patchwork to me, right? With the, you know, the slow fade out. And again, I'm not trying to give anything away of the, you know, bunny rabbits and, you know, different stuff or whatever. Even the, the, uh, it had the, the horror trope of the, ah! <laughs> you know that kind of you know and it seemed kind of like I almost expected somebody to be like hey hey Ron hey, hey Ron you know what I mean oh wow <laughs> you know it was whatever um you know uh uh I, I think this movie I will say this let me go let me go back uh, let me go forward I think the movie um well actually let me, let me stay on the on the track so going into it I thought it probably was going to be a movie talking about um you know having to deal with your inner demons and yourself or whatever again this is us or whatever and it looks like the evil version of yourself so to speak or whatever uh particularly like you know the first one being uh uh having the racial element thing to it i thought maybe this was going to be the same thing maybe one of the things you know uh black community type of issue type of things in a you know kind of way uh it wasn't it was a universal type of story for anybody to uh, relate to uh americans particularly um and it kind of threw me off. Now, I will say the movie got better and it's gotten better to me uh, uh, after seeing it. It's a ton of Easter eggs in it. It's a ton of symbolism in it. So if you like that type of thing, this is a movie for you. Um, so it sounds I to me like you're saying movie, yeah. Jordan Peele's kind of like Tarantino. He took he took or was inspired by yeah. a lot of movies from the past and kind of put them yeah. into his movie. And you can take that as biting or sampling or paying right. homage to. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely, a uh, great point, and I, 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 I think I think I've heard Jordan T even say such a thing or whatever. Uh, 
you know, from the uh, the Ross Sterlings or I don't know so much Hitchcock or whatever, but you know that type of thing. I've seen him, and uh, I think it's absolutely you can see you can see it in his work or whatever. And um, you know, like I say, I, I think the movie is probably better than I originally gave it credit for. But when I hear people saying it just was like a masterpiece or whatever, I think that's probably overstating it. Uh, for it to be in your catalog of movies, I think it was good. Uh, I want to see something else because just like uh, M. Night Shyamalan, right? Man, I, he's know? one of those dudes, like, I can't, yeah. I can't watch him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what, what was the breaking point for you? What was uh, like? Well, of course, oh, Sixth yeah. Sense is like the one that got everybody geeked, you know, because of the big twist. And then what was the other one? Did Signs? It was it was cool, yeah. you know. Signs is good. Okay. Unbreakable was probably my favorite of the three, and then like it just dropped off. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. It just seemed like he was just trying to change things for the sake of changing things. Like like, ooh, here's this twist, and I'm not the first person to say that, but it's always felt right. like his his movies were going to a certain place, and it would just take a right turn on purpose, and it was almost like, oh, I didn't see it coming, but. I don't care. You know, it's like, I don't know how to right. say it. It just, it, I just yeah. can't get into his stuff. And maybe I'm being a jerk. Maybe I should go back and watch some of the ones like Lady in the Water, or the elevator movie with Bokeem Woodbine, right. but I just never cared. I just stopped caring about that dude. Listen, if we got Bokeem Woodbine in it, I'm sure it was a cinematic classic. I'm That's sure my dude. <laughs> Strapped. The shocker? Come on, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could watch Strapped all day, that HBO movie that him and uh, dude from Onyx did like back in the 90s. Uh-huh. Listen, Bo King, Wilbine, talking through his teeth. Come on, I'm acting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My man was crazy with this joint. Jason's but, uh, lyric, right? Huh. He was in that? Yeah. yeah Dead Presidents, yeah. he was the yeah, crazy yeah. preacher. Crazy brother. Yeah, he stayed crazy. He stayed crazy, you know, but... Uh, so you no, liked you know, it and love yeah. it. That's all. Exactly. You know, it's one of those movies, too. I also think that once you get it in, like, you know, you get it home, that you'll probably be able to dissect it. You know, you'll be able to, you know, rewind it. What did he say? Kind of, oh, did you notice that kind of thing? Yeah. In the movies. In the movies, you know, you can kind of maybe miss a few things. Uh, and it's obviously, I think it's mo- one of those movies, he films it and does it in such a way that you're going to miss a lot of this. You know what I mean? Um, or you're going to overshoot. A lot of things you think means whatever probably doesn't mean that or it means something completely different. And I think he actually made it to be a little bit more uh, interactive in that respect. I haven't seen any of the, uh, uh, but I only hear good things about, what is it, uh, Black Mirror? Have you have you watched that at all? No, that one I haven't seen. Okay, yeah, but I've only heard, you know, good things about it. And I think, you know, it might be kind of one of those kind of things. I, I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, it was great seeing a black family uh, on screen uh, like that, you know, particularly, you don't see that, you know, usually what, out of 10, you know, genre movies is going to be, you know, white man, white family on screen, something like that. So seeing a black family and a dark-skinned black family at that, I thought was refreshing. I thought it was so also one of those things where it goes to show um, a story, interesting story doesn't matter. You know, representation is important. And it doesn't have to be the same representation. You know what I mean? So uh, oh, yeah. I thought that was dope. Yeah, I thought that was dope. And both of those yeah. actors were in Black Panther, correct? I know. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. You see the meme. There's a meme going out with um, uh, the first dude with the actor from uh, Get Out, the lead actor from Get Out. Oh, and he was um, in Black Panther, correct. Right. Yeah, exactly. So they're, you know, in that, in that uh, you know, P.O. universe. And that, so the meme is like, uh, you know, they said leave Wakanda, you know what I mean? And then it shows them in Wakanda, and it showed them in that or whatever, crying or whatever, you know, so, no, I thought that was... Well, dope. when Thanos but, yeah, snapped you, his fingers, they ended up on us. That's what probably happened, right? right? 
Yeah. Uh, before I wrap it up, man, I, I know uh, you've been kind of on the fence about Walking Dead. I, I can't, I can't not ask you about it because to me, this last episode was some some holy shit moments for me. Yeah. Yeah, um, I yeah, couldn't no, believe right. they killed uh, off the kid. Oh, spoiler, by the way, if you're you know, and I want to know about Walking Dead, blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Fast forward yeah. five minutes, ten minutes. All right, go ahead. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, yeah. No, we're, we're Walking Dead. Um, like you said, well, first off, again, like again, I haven't heard the other uh, podcast all the way, but so let me give you a little background on me, dude. Watched it from day one, the pilot episode, Rick. You know, little girl picking up the teddy bear, you know, back when walkers could, you know, use rocks, <laughs> you know, drinking water, you know, stuff like that or whatever. Um, you know, um, uh, I've been a fan then. Lo- absolutely loved the show for several seasons. Even the seasons on the farm were fine with me because it was uh, character building. You know what I mean? And, and now in hindsight, I know they did it because of money and stuff like that. But that was fine. Uh, I want to say for me, uh, Mark, around the time when they, I, I love Terminus, the whole ter- Terminus storyline. I love them in a uh, church when they killed the, the Terminus people. That was just dope to me. Them getting out, out of uh, Terminus with Carol, Terminator Carol. So I love all that. Uh, obviously, like most people, the story started, the story started uh, uh, kind of fading for me a little bit. You know, when they got to, I guess, Alexandria and definitely with the Negan thing. I like Jesse Dean Morgan. I think it was an actor. But as Negan, again, not a comic book dude, I don't know, kind of comes off kind of like kooky and not just, you know, uh, not some somebody that I, I love on camera. You know, I'm a big Rick fan. I wish he was still there. I think Scott Gimple, um, I think he, uh, uh, Scott, Gimple, Scott Gimple or Greg Gimple? Yeah, Scott Gimple, right? Yeah, uh, I right. Think he, I, yeah, I think he kind of painted uh, Angela King in the corner with some of the stuff. And again, I understand as far as writing and certain mechanisms, you want one character to influence another. But again, Carl, I don't know if Carl should have died then. Especially because nah, he, he shouldn't Carl. be dead at all, to be honest. They That's should never saying. kill him off. Kill He's Carl the future. Bring and... in Henry? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that was Carl no, 2.0, arguably. Yeah, exactly. So you, you're doing several things there. It's almost like they're trying to make Aaron at least look like Rick, you know, right. He's got the wrong, (laughs) right. He's got, he's got the fake arm. He's got the beard, you know? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Um, I gotta admit, I'm not, I might change my mind on it, but I'm not a big fan of little ass kicker. Judas walking around with the, with the, (laughs) it's like when I see, I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay. Right. She might grow on me or whatever, but to, to put some, some meat on this bone, um, I do. I think the writing has been much better. I think what they're doing is uh, is back TWD quality. The only thing, the only thing about I think what's going on because I love the whisperers. They look good. Alpha is a really good character. Um, I just wish I cared more about the actual characters on screen. So, for instance, look, dude, <laughs> with them walking up with the heads on the pike and everything, that yeah. was a dope visual. Look. I've had damn near probably tears in my eyes now on other Walking Dead uh, when people died and stuff like that. I screamed out visibly, I mean, uh, audibly when Glenn got his head bashed in and all right. that kind of stuff. But am I supposed to care about Henry? Well, they I mean? tried to make you I, care because he's the one that. Right. Yes. <laughs> and not only that, if, yeah. I don't know if you, in the comic books, Ezekiel's one of the ones on the on the pike. 
And I was so expecting I, I, him to be yeah. on there all season. Me too. And, Me too, uh, man. I, I just knew it. And they knew it. They threw that curveball. And they, they knew and, that, they and they knew that this would affect Carroll in the same way if, if Ezekiel was on there. You killed the kid. Right. And I, right. I think that's just – well, you know, it makes Alpha more, to me, more dangerous. She's just like, right. first of all, I'm killing teenagers. I'm like Jason Voorhees right. up in this. I'm just killing kids. Um, and she killed that kid probably because of what he did to her daughter. Her daughter's weak. Her daughter's not part of this, like, you know, dirty, grimy group anymore. So, right. all right, off yeah. with your head. You're gone, too. Um, yeah. I the thing too. that tripped yeah, me what, out the what, most what that, what that to his daughter. Yeah. is that Tara was on there. And I was looking this up because, I mean, she's been on the show for a long damn time. Um, she has, you're not, I, I couldn't believe this. I had to look it up on IMDb. She's been on 87 episodes and... She has, of all the people who've ever been on The Walking Dead, she has the seventh most seniority as far as episodes go. And I'm like, damn, for somebody who's been on the show that long, why don't I care more about that she died? You know what I mean? 100%, bro. I was happy that she died. Because everything that you said, <laughs> I knew. I remember her from day one. I was never... Because even the, the first time I think she kind of came on screen, you know, they had her... Fist bumping with a sister. That was the whole governor. Right. Ryan. And she's on the wrong side of the war with governor. Right. Exactly. Dude, and I saw see with Tyra, my whole my whole thing, I, I, she's one been one of my least favorite characters. She's down there, and I say down there, with for me, Andrea and um and Lori, right? Because again, you were with the governor, right? And all that. So I never really wanted to accept you into the group, to be honest with you. And between her and then the actress. You know, uh, was it Alana Moore, uh, uh, Morrison, whatever her name is? I can't remember her last oh, name. Alana Masterson. Uh, Masterson, yeah. yeah. Yeah, excuse me, thanks. Uh, who, who I think she seems like a pretty cool person, but her acting skills kind of a kind of weird kind of. Well, she's kind of goofy you know, on the show too. I mean, her character's kind exactly, of a goofball, yeah. and not that you can't have that character on the. I mean, Jerry's like that too. I mean, they both are a little goofy, but yeah, it yeah. just seemed like her time has been coming for so long. But I was thinking of her as like happy. she's like that yeah. player on the bench that like still on the team like every year you keep wondering when this yeah. person's gonna be like <laughs> traded or released, and she yeah. finally got you know cut in you know spring training or training camp after you know seven seasons on the bench and not really getting a starting role. Um, I just couldn't believe she's on the show as many episodes as it said. I I had to look it up. I'm like man, and for what? Like she didn't really add. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought people like you said Ezekiel might be on there. I thought maybe some, somebody like Father Gabriel might be. Or on Rosita, because Rosita gets it in yeah, the I, comics, exactly. and that's crazy because she's pregnant. That's ooh. Ooh. exactly. You want to take it to another level? The, exactly. I was wondering if Walking Dead was going to have enough cojones to put her up there. Now mm. I think I could be wrong about this. If they didn't get the type of backlash that they got for uh, that Negan uh, bashing, which it was gratuitous, but to me. You know, hey, that showed just how how savage she was. You know what I mean? Right. But you know, since then they've been kind of a little gun shy with certain stuff like that. So I thought it was going to be what? people with a little bit more oomph up on it. Cause dude, you had the high one, the highway man. Uh, I was just uh, starting to like those man? guys too. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's first time I At least the one guy. I don't know the other yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. I kind of liked him or whatever. But he was up there. You had what two or three of those teenage people that nobody right. cared about up there. Uh, one of Negan's old wives. Dude. Exactly. One and of Enid. Saviors. So yeah. all, all Carl ties are cut, you know. 
Yeah, so to me it was kind of corn, but I even thought maybe Enid's boyfriend, the guy who's a uh, boyfriend, I thought he might get a. I thought put I thought there. him or maybe that new group, you know, like the two that can't talk, and well, the one that yep, can talk, exactly. but not not so much. Yeah. I thought one of them because they had that whole scene yeah, where like you didn't say goodbye last time, like oh damn, right. this is gonna yeah. happen, and none of them, <laughs> not one of them, even the big dude playing the guitar, I thought he was gone too. I thought he was going to, yeah, I thought he was going to be put up there as well. And, you know, so, but overall, I thought, uh, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty good. I thought, uh, I, I was actually backing up a little bit. I was the one of those people. I didn't really want Jesus to die. I liked that character probably more than I should have. You know, it seemed like they didn't really know what Yeah, they, they ruined him. But I, yeah. Yeah, but I enjoyed his character. I would have wanted to see kind of like uh, something with him. Dude, I still miss Rick, man. Listen, I know a yeah. lot of people. Uh, Don and they was like, oh, Rick always messing up or whatever, but I'm just a sucker for, for the character, man. I think he's one of the best characters on American television, arguably in history, as far as like you How has he not won an Emmy? That guy had a snot bubble. I mean, how does he not have you, an Emmy? Come on, James! That's what I'm saying, man. Look, if you look at, that's just Walking Dead in general. It's like, look, I have a lot of criticism about the, uh, about the series, particularly AMC, and how greedy they are. But there are some things about that show that are movie quality. You know what I mean? They do it on a small screen, but it looks and it's shot and it's done beautifully. I think consequently they they do certain action scenes and they don't have the budget and or the manpower or whatever. I guess the same thing or whatever to kind of you know pull it off. So sometimes when you see those big Walker kills or whatever, and you see people stabbing them in the head, it looks kind of stilted to me, kind of weird or whatever. But then I think some of like. For instance, the one that pops in my head. Remember the uh, the episode when uh, the uh, the claimers when uh, when uh, Rick uh, uh, bit out Joe the claimers. That's uh, one of my broke. favorite scenes in the whole in the whole series, without yeah, a doubt. Absolutely, it was pitch perfect, dude. Like the, the, I thought it was it was. Uh, I remember watching it. I remember feeling like the uh, the intensity of the scene. Uh, I remember the way the cinematography of it, the way it was shot. Uh, again, I thought it was all pitch perfect. Andrew Lincoln, uh, um, uh, Chandler, everybody, Michonne. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean the big dude like, trying to yeah. rape rape Carl, and then you know yeah, Daryl's getting beat, and Michonne's like you know held it. She you know she's powerless for that moment. She's trying to yeah. you know see what she can do to get out of it, and yeah. Rick's just I like I'm going for the jugular, literally. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think Andrew Kane did that. Um, and I, I love stuff like that. Again, I care about the characters. So, and this is this season's kind of been reminiscent of that, or like the other one I love when they're they're taking it the back to the horror aspects. Skills. It's definitely got that horror yeah. vibe again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I think Angela Kane is more skilled than Gimple, personally. You know, like even I, I was watching something like if you notice, and I don't want to get too deep in the woods here, the way that that she's using the walkers is different than the way that Gimple used the walkers. So, like Gimple started being, you know, it got to the point where it's, the walkers weren't anything of note. Like, you see them, two, three of them, they just kill them, no big deal. And so now with the way Angela Kane is doing, I had to learn this watching a uh, video, she's putting them in herbs, right? So, and it's not so much even the, uh, we see when we see them on screen, it's even the thought of them off screen. So, like, oh my God, we can't do this because we saw a big herd of walkers and we don't want to draw them. Or we can't do this with the bridge because the big herd of walkers are coming this way. And then you see how now with the whisperers and being in control of them, you're making it a lot more dangerous. Because I think for a couple seasons or a few seasons, it started being like the walkers. You know, they'll pop out like, ah! And somebody just, you know, you know <laughs> right. just knock their head off and that was it. You know what I mean? Think about even with Alexandria. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Alexandria in one of the, I think it was the season's uh, uh, finales or whatever, and they had all the walkers ran in, and they just had the montage and everybody slicing. Remember that? Right. And it was like, come on, so how many walkers are we talking about here? Thousands? And it's four, y'all? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, stuff like that or whatever. I think it started making it like it wasn't as dangerous. So I think, again, she's using a little bit more skill to get the show back to where it is. I think Daryl um, is being pretty good. You know, they didn't know what to do with Daryl for uh, for years on the show. But uh, trying to turn him into the leading man, actually, I think it's working a little bit better than I thought it would. Well, then that's why I think they didn't kill off main characters for the Pike scene because they don't have that many right. left. Uh, exactly. The person who plays Michonne is going to be why. leaving soon. Uh, who knows yeah. who else is going to be taken off? Maggie's gone. Rick's gone. I mean, you can only kill so many characters to where you don't have anybody to work with. It's just, it's not. Yeah. It's going to be a bunch of More B-listers, you know. Yeah. That's so, exactly why they didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. I think that I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. they they couldn't. Yeah. I, I think they maybe they wanted to, but as soon as Rick's leaving, like how do you? You you're already taken so much. I mean, you can't keep taking from the starting lineup and expect that put out a good product. So I think they have to keep yeah. as many of those original or you know at least characters been on for three or four seasons on there as long as they're willing to do it because eventually it's going to get to a point where it's a whole new cast and it's like a different show and it's already kind of getting there already, but. At least there's yeah, still some remnants over. of the old show still on there with Carol, Daryl, Michonne, and uh, who am I from? Yeah. forgetting somebody? I'm sure, um, but yeah. yeah, they can only kill what so are, many. Are you are you anticipating the Rick uh, the Rick movie? What do you think about? Yeah, those? because I mean, at least I get them still, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I thought exactly. they were going to kill them. They didn't kill them, so uh, this is almost like uh, like a bonus. You know, it's like all right, yeah. let's see what these are about. They'll tie into the movies and the shows together somehow. Um, I think that's why Eugene's playing around with that radio. I bet there's some sort of connection where he's going to like find something, you know, out there that Rick's alive or some kind of storyline's going to come from that and then they're going to maybe go looking for him or something. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens on Sunday. There's some kind of connection where they could tie it all together because they have to. And then Morgan right. and Friends comes out, you know, later on, you know, Fear of the Walking Dead. Or- <laughs> Morgan, Morgan and Friends. I want to watch that actually. <laughs> That sounds like a Sears spinoff or something. It like is, that. and it Morgan is. And- <laughs> I mean, barely. I mean, it wasn't like like that huge on Fear the Walking Dead, but I've seen all of them, and it was okay. But once they started offing all those characters, it's like this is not really that show anymore. This is just some other show, you know. And uh, the guy who plays uh, Dwight's going to be on there too. So Fear the Walking Dead is it's it's basically Walking Dead, like the uh, the other show now. Yeah. Also, I I hadn't heard that Dwight is going to he's going to show up. Gonna- yep. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was just, now listen, that's another thing. Fear the Walking Dead again, that never really did hit the spot. I think I watched the first season. Uh, I am a fan, I guess, of the uh, one character, Strand or whatever. He was right. a pretty... Again, he's still there. Still yeah, he's still on character. it. Yeah, I, I saw that. And, uh, I, you know, first the first season with the boat and all that kind of stuff, you know, I enjoyed it or whatever. He was really the only uh, likable character that first season. I could yeah, care less man, about the rest of the Even the dude, Nick, like Nick and everything, didn't like him, didn't like the mother, didn't like the daughter, didn't right. like the father, was rooting for all of yeah. them except for Strand to get killed. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah, but it was ridiculous what they did with Morgan. Like, dude, he ran from wherever the hell Rick right. and his group to was. Texas. Like, Atlanta was some shit. <laughs> just, just walked, you know, with the same shoes on, with no holes in them or anything. <laughs> exactly, and man. With he a got stick. there like two days and shit, just running. Yeah. yeah just, 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 and look, it would be different. May, no, it wouldn't be different, but 
it, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. But listen, Morgan, the character dude, he looks like he can't even walk. You know what I mean? Ten blocks right. without getting tired, much right. less walking several states. <laughs> it's yeah, too man, much, no, man. It should be fun to it should be fun to see though. I'm I'm glad they're still doing yeah. these shows because I there's no other shows that get me at least hyped like this. So as as much yeah. as they've de- de- declined a little bit, especially with the loss of talent, I'm still gonna be there. I can't help it. Oh, wa- until they get really really bad, then uh, I'm I'm still yeah. here though, still watching them. You're gonna be there even when they get really really bad. You're gonna still be there. Yeah, and, like, and even you with know, I told you, even with Star yeah, Wars, I, I came back. I gonna, so. Yeah. I told you I was going to going to cut it off, but I spent so much time with TWB that uh, and it's, it's you know it's too much. Time I can't. Yeah, I'm a yeah, completist I mean, I too. I, I can't like even okay. though I I'm sour on Flash and Arrow, I still try to watch it because I already right. watched the first four, five, six seasons. So I can't just like quit. Although there are right. shows that I have quit recently. Uh, peace like out what? to Gotham. Uh, rest in peace. Okay. Uh, okay. Kind of done with that show, but it's it's going away anyway, so it's no problem. Right. They're making it easier right. for gotcha. me. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. And you know, obviously, all the Marvel shows are off of uh, Netflix and stuff like that. Yeah, so. those are gone. That that's that's kind of depressing because I really like Daredevil and I thought the actors and all those shows are really good. I hope they resurrect those characters somewhere else, like in the movies or something. But right. in the meantime, the same character, I mean, the same actors. Yeah, I think so mean, because okay. they're all good. Okay. I, they, they're all cast okay. really well. I know a lot of people didn't you, like you Iron missed, Fist. That's the only one people really had a hard time with. Yeah. That's the one. If you want to pick one to say you could redo something <laughs> with him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, Luke Cage. I mean, come on. He was great in it. And yeah. the, the guy who plays Daredevil and Punisher. Of course, those are all great. Yeah. The Iron Fist yeah. one's probably the one you could, probably nitpick but it'd be weird to like yeah. have them all the same except for him i mean that'd be kind of like it's like oh yeah this one dude is different it's like major league two like yeah. wh- why is omar epps in this movie that was wesley Snipes. just like <laughs> you just changed an yeah. actor and i'm just supposed to not notice <laughs> the mother on uh fresh Prince of bel-air yeah right yeah I'm that one too or yeah, they're doing absolutely. now idris elba is going to be in suicide squad and will smith is out so um, it's the it's that, the yeah. it's the cooler the cooler dude not the Fresh Prince anymore. Right. It's, it's going to be Idris. Yeah. yeah. So, absolutely. But big up, Ron. Thanks for coming through, man. I know it's been a minute since I talked to you and uh, had to have you on here because I've been starting to do this and uh, you're one of the few people that I know that I wanted to have on here to could talk the same nonsense, the infinite banter crap that I talk about. So I had to have you. No and doubt. You didn't even get to the Cubs, man. We'll do that another time, I guess. <laughs> oh, dude, listen. Because I, I, I derailed the whole conversation with my Tarantino talk. And That's okay. Like that. No, no doubt, bro. Cubs I are 1-0. and know. There's a whole season to go, man. So <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, we're going yeah, to do that. Definitely do that. We got to catch some games or whatever. We haven't been in a minute, so we definitely got to do that, man. I absolutely enjoyed the show. I know you got the number one uh, podcast in America right oh, now. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> Which universe? <laughs> We're in the multiverse, dude. Yeah, yeah. You got to put it out there. You got to put the, put it out there. I already got your daughter, uh, you know, uh, uh, running and taking over the presidency. Man. And then you got the number one podcast in the multiverse. So I'm putting it out there for you, man. Oh, you man. Things going on. Yeah, and like I told you before, you're on the same show that DMC is on. So uh, that's a big deal. You know, it's okay. It's only getting it's only getting yeah, bigger. Right. It's only getting bigger. Let me know, man. I gotta, I gotta hear the uh, the final, uh, the final. Uh, chop yeah, up. I'm gonna. As soon as I hang up here, I'm gonna chop this up and get it ready for the peoples, the, okay. the, the, the eight no listeners, doubt, the downloaders, the subscribers. 
No, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. But like I said, we definitely, definitely got to get together, talk to Cubs or whatever. Um, I told you I'm not. Uh, even though the other game the other day, and I'm going to let you go, uh, this game the other day, it gave me uh, a little bit more confidence because I know it's only one game. But this year, I'm a little nervous about this year, man. I'm a little nervous. So we, well, we got to talk me off the year. This division, I'll, I'll leave it with this, this division is not theirs yeah. like it has been. And they found that out I the agree. hard way last year because it got taken from them, you know, right at the last minute. So they're right. going to have to the, – the, the ownership has said as much. You have to – play these games i mean i i don't believe in the every game you know you have to try harder i don't believe in that kind of philosophy because that's that's not really doesn't really apply to baseball but he is right in saying like you can't just take games for granted we, there's there's two other teams at least cardinals and brewers you can't just act like these teams are not right on your back you might actually be chasing them i don't it, it's possible that they're the ones that are doing the chasing now maybe that's a good thing right. the cubs aren't just right. handed the division like they have been the last couple years so they need to work for it they need to earn it and they may not win as many games as last year but if they do win this division uh they definitely have done their their due diligence because this team uh if they're healthy and everybody plays up to their capabilities they should win 90 to 95 games again just whether or not that's enough to get past the Brewers right. and even the stupid Cardinals. I know. No, I absolutely agree with you on that. Um, I mean, it's in them to be able to do it. Uh, I think they've been knocked down off of their uh, perch high horse a little bit. Because uh, definitely, you know, Cubs last few years after winning the uh, title, you know, they were walking around like they were, the, you know, the big dude in the gym. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, you know, the uh, Milwaukee came in like, you know, yeah, I'm in or whatever, you know. That's the MVP. He looks like he's uh, picking up where he left off. I think the Cardinals, you know, again, they're, they're, I think they're going to bounce back. Uh, hey, you know, the way baseball is is a, a game of uh, attrition, so you never know. A couple of injuries here and there. Um, Tonight's a big one, though. It's you, Darvish. Let's see if this dude really is healthy. Let's see if he really thinking, is the pitcher he claims that he is now again. Quick quick prediction before I before I go. I'm saying what? I'm going I'm gonna go five and a third, six Ks, three walks, three and runs given up. Okay. Well, in Texas, that might be okay because the it's a right. place that offense happens quite a bit. So if the Cubs can score right. six or seven runs, I guess that is good enough then, right? I hope so. I hope so, <laughs> All right, man. Big up for calling in, dude. I appreciate it. And uh, definitely going to have you on again in the future for sure, especially after end game. You know, talk about that. 100%, brother. Talk to you in a minute, Mark. Tell Sounds good. Hello, no doubt, man. All right, bro. That's going to wrap up this episode of Infinite Banter. I appreciate for everybody listening and checking out this episode. I was really excited to do it because of all the C2E2 stuff and getting DMC on here and talking to my friend Ron and my nephew Jacoby and talking about everything that uh, happened with uh, The Walking Dead and a little bit of wrestling in there as well. So uh, next week I want to do more wrestling uh, leading up to WrestleMania. And I'm going to be at Shimmer tomorrow on Sunday and Rise last night, Friday. So I want to talk about those things as well. Uh, got a lot of uh, thank yous here to give up to. Uh, first of all, big up to DMC. Uh, check him out at DMC slash comics.com. His Instagram is DMC Makes Comics. Want to give uh, props to Greg Horn. He's a comic book artist who, who I got to talk with a little bit. Uh, he's at greghornart.com. And you can find him on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, MarkSilvestriArt.com, another artist I got to meet at C2E2. Um, never forget about TonyoTV.com. Go check him out. He's on uh, Channel 19, Channel 35, Denied on Public Access. 
thanks to my man Ron who came on, talked a lot. Uh, we talked so much that I'm going to have to use some of it uh, for another podcast because we were on the phone here for about 60 minutes or more, and I just took some of it, and we'll use a little bit later on in a different podcast. Uh, thanks to my nephew for chiming in for a few minutes. Big up to Jacoby. Uh, thanks to C2E2. They are really great in everything they sh- you know they did with the with the convention and everything. Uh, thanks to Art Baltazar, and Lucia, David Mack, Arthur Adams, Amy Chu, all the artists that I met, and some of them drew for my nephew. Uh, big up to the alcoholics and a concert they had. Uh, that was really great. Comicshoplocator.com, learningresources.com. They're the ones who did the science uh, lab for my nephew. He had the, co- the coat on and he had the, the goggles. And if you go to their uh, website, learningresources.com, you get 30% off your first order. So thanks to Learning Resources. You can find them on Instagram, at Learning Resources. And uh, their beaker creatures are really cool. So definitely definitely check them out if you have some kids that are into science. And uh, it's really cool. It's really cool what they do. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll catch you guys next week. And uh, remember, at Twitter, at Infinite Banter, same for Facebook. You can find us on Podbean, podcast.com, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, So thanks again for listening. Check out the show, and uh, we'll post it up next week when we get the next one. It's going to be a big wrestling one, so I'm really excited to talk about some wrestling. WrestleMania is almost here, and we've got a lot to talk about going into WrestleMania. So thanks for checking out the podcast, and I'll catch you guys next week. I'm out. 